0: The Everything Sequel Podcast is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys and Tea Fitness.
1: Mike and Tom are washing their mouths out with soap because the Everything Sequel Podcast contains explicit language. Welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the Naked Gun Edition. Pitch and Sequels. My name is Michael Schantz. I'm from the How Dare You Awards. With me, Pitchmaster himself, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Hello, Tom. Never bet on the white
0: guy. <laughs> which doesn't, doesn't That's really all help you us. know. That's all you know. Which doesn't really help us if you're about to right? It's not 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 uh, useful information if you're about to uh, vote on our pitches. <laughs> 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 so then you have to determine which which of Michael and I are less white. Which uh, Oh, that's that's no easy choice, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> Because you've also got two different nationalities to deal with, so... Right. Yeah. All right, well...
1: (laughs) I find this particular pitch very interesting. Yeah. More than anything, just because we haven't pitched such a broad set of movies.
0: True. True. Yeah, neither of us decided we wanted to pitch airplane three, for instance. I'll say. <laughs> Only half heartedly. I feel like having having talked through these movies, I have a better sense of where airplane two went wrong. That's interesting. I think they I think they focus too much on the jokes themselves. Not the and not enough story. Yeah. I think it's and it's interesting. I think, you know, it really I mean I said it almost as a joke that this is a screenwriting masterclass. But <laughs> if your assumptions about comedy writing are that that it's about the about the joke, not the concept or how the joke connects to something else, I think these movies show that 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 you're missing the point.
1: Mhm. Were you I mean, so I I talked about how it was interesting to do this. Was this easy for you, or did you find it difficult? And I find it. Did I find it difficult? I had to ruminate for a couple of days, but I once I had my idea, plus that's you know, what
0: what are you? You I have mean, to start I...
1: with the title, don't you? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> that's a high standard. And that's already. not
0: that's no easy task, yeah, that's true. there it's 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 more definitely more challenging than you think it would be for such a broad right. uh, set of movies. Um, but again, it just it reaffirmed to me that because I assume that you know, pitching these movies you would be like well this gets us to that gag and that gets us to this gag and that but it's actually the opposite like i find myself thinking more about story points well and i was going to say because in like our not...
1: pitches yeah. i i tend to have a pitch i i will i will i'll give you a blurb you're going to get you usually are so in depth you're giving us plot point by plot
0: point well yeah th- that's not going to change but i think it's it... <laughs> like i i um it was interesting this this like compared to some of the other dramatic movies that that we've pitched before that i'm to i'm thinking way more about story and structure in this than i was about them mm. and that says a lot to me you know that that to um you know again the high standards of uh, of comedy it's harder to do comedy than it is to do drama on some occasions like sure. trying to make something funny requires way more craft than making something sincere or mildly diverting <laughs> <laughs> i think you know because we 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 all we all have a we all well most of us have an idea of like what moves us what will you know? What we will find interesting, mm-hmm. but comedy is totally different. It's, it's it's like we we have to get from point A to point B via the best possible route. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. It's hard on three. There's like three aspects there that are almost impossible <laughs> to, to, to So I I have such admiration for the people who make comedy movies that that work. Because that's that's clearly no mean feat. I get you. So it was very, I guess I guess it was very challenging. But and again, you know, just thinking if if you think about it in terms of does this make sense? Since this is bizarre to say for the Naked Gun movies. Does this make sense in terms of the story we're telling? If you keep that through line, weirdly everything falls into place. Like you don't even need to plan the jokes; the jokes will happen. I found okay. So, yeah, leave your preconceptions at the door. I do have some jokes. I'm sure you do. I don't want to. (laughs) I don't want to. I don't don't get get bogged down into
1: like the specifics, like you do, but but I have. I have the chunk idea. I have the the other thing that I want to spoof. Yeah. And
0: yeah. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I'm with I'm with you. And again, it's like. Yeah, I, I I definitely agree on this. Like, you 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 need to know what to steal, <laughs> as Mel Brooks. Once <laughs> yeah. Right. Said. Yeah. You you need well no actually what he said was you need to know where to steal from. Yes. Which is one of the most important advice I think when you're doing parody, pastiche, that kind of work, it's like you shouldn't just be taking from whatever the latest thing is. You need to be. However, I am doing that, but hopefully in a satisfactory way. I'm adjacent to that. I'm really close to that, but uh, you know,
1: well, we'll find out what you think when when
0: we. I want to. I want to hear. I I want to hear yours. You want me to go first? I think I do. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, my, my movie is called. I'm going back to the. Okay. The Naked Gun, 44 and a quarter, Magnum, colon, The Clean Off.
0: Dirty I don't know Harry if reference. I fully understand that title. Forty-four magnum. Forty four magnum. As in the colon. gun.
1: And it'll blow your head clean off. But you it's
0: just the words clean off. Yeah. The 44, clean off. Forty four magnum colon clean off. The clean off. The clean off. Yeah.
1: Cause I am setting my story, my friend, in San
0: Francisco. Oh, okay. Home of Dirty Harry. Which, considering what you said in the previous episode makes sense, you want to change up the city every time as a running gag. Great. So, that's why
1: we are in San Francisco, that's why we'll have Dirty Harry references, but I'm not stopping there, of course. (laughs) So.
0: Unforgiven plays a role. No, no, no. Um, Alright, here's the story.
1: Like I think I mentioned, I think, in our last episode, in Naked Gun 33 and a Third, Frank sort of rejoins police squad in order to help foil the crime. Mm-hmm. So he stays on. And now we're in the last two weeks of his second and final retirement. Mm-hmm. Although even to continue the, the gag, we, you know, it might even be better if you say, This is the 10th and last time that Frank is going to retire from police squad.
0: That kind of thing. And we all know someone like that. Oh, yeah. I remember the uh, uh, college um, studied in a a film studies department. And um, back in the days when you had actual projectionists on staff, like projecting real film cans. Mm -hmm. And the projectionist was actually called Frank. And I went to two of his retirement parties. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I found out on Facebook that he retired a few years ago. Like, like, for the final time. That's great. So, that's a very relatable joke. Yeah. Oh, um...
1: I left out an important detail. So, the reason we're in the last two weeks is because on Frank's last day... His ex-girlfriend, fairly newly elected Congresswoman Nancy Pelosi, has been getting death threats.
0: Not from Scorpio. Wait, 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 wait. The Nancy Pelosi? Yes. What happened to Jane? I said ex-girlfriend. What, so he split up with Jane and then... Was no, no, he's Jane? with
1: Jane. This... Nancy Pelosi was before Jane. Okay.
0: All right? So this is set in the modern day? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm regretting letting you go first. (laughs) This is confusing.
1: This is like 97. We're going to have the the three-year gap that we always have. Okay. So 88, 91, 94, 97. Nancy Pelosi was elected in 87. Before she was elected, I mean, I don't know enough about her real life. I'm going to say that Frank was supporting her while she was running for office. Okay. She's elected to office. They break up, which is perfect because she's elected in 87 and then in 88, we start off with Frank's current story, as you we know don't it, don't
0: want to get the Nancy, the Nancy Pelosi biographical timeline wrong, or people no. will just leave the theater. Yeah. <laughs> Bearing
1: but in because... mind, at the end
0: of the last movie, a 68-year-old man and a 50-year-old woman had a kid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so he's called in to help foil the crime. It's not Scorpio; it's Libra the least menacing-sounding Zodiac sign we could probably come up with. And also my uh, my sign, just FYI. Well, I'm on the cusp. So some things will list me as a Libra and others will list me as a Scorpio. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, so, you know, Frank and Ed and Nordberg... All on the case. We're gonna yeah. assume <laughs> that real life events don't fuck up <laughs> our timeline for the movie.
0: And just a reminder to listeners, we have a time machine. Yes. That that will counter all eventualities. All actual questions of Yeah. We can common sense. Right. We if we want, we can we can freeze OJ Simpson in nineteen ninety three. Correct. Forever. Which I have to do
1: to make this work.
0: <laughs> Cryogenically? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So there, police squad is on the case and we're going to be sending up and having a lot of fun with the Dirty Harry series. Oh. But then I also yes. want, because there's no reason this should happen in the, in the case of a newly, not newly at this time, but in a in a a case of a uh, sitting U.S. representative, mm-hmm. there's absolutely no reason for the police squad people to go on a vacation, but they're going to be forced on vacation, a la is Running Scared, mm. and they're going to go to Florida, and they'll have a bit. With Nordberg and Frank, sort of Gregory mm. Hines and Billy Crystal. S. Ugh, yeah. I don't know
0: if I can watch. Oh, Simpson in Florida. <laughs> he won't
1: be as wearing a mask. Not, as long as he will not be pranking
0: people, disguises, and sneaking up on people. As long as he's not pranking people in whiteface, I'm, I'm yeah. okay. But then they
1: will be. They will realize their calling. Frank's going to, and so meanwhile, of course, there's also going to be a subplot between, you know, Frank, his current wife, they have a child, and now this ex girlfriend who's very successful is back in their life. So that'll be the tension between he and Jane. Hmm. That and works. then he'll have to come back from vacation to foil the crime.
0: Hmm. Naked Gun forty four and a quarter. Does uh does the Libra follow them Cape Fear style to Florida? Oh. No, I
1: had not considered that, but I had considered this in our last episode. I mistakenly said Gould instead of uh, Goulet. You want to know why? Because Well, e- I was going well, to give you one of three choices for the villain. Oh, great. Go for it. And it was going. So the uber villain. And I, I couldn't decide yet if he should actually be Libra or just the man pulling the strings mm. for Libra. Maybe Libra is um what's the character's name that, that is it in one and three? Uh Papsmeer. <laughs> yeah. So that might be Libra, but I thought of Elliot Gould, Wayne Newton, or Buck Henry? Wayne Newton. The only thing that made me waver on Wayne Newton is we had, uh, you know, a singer in the
0: last one. Well, not the last one, but in two. Yeah, but we both agreed that we should probably go back to that. All right. (laughs) And also, oh, my God, we went through a whole episode. I didn't mention James Bond. Holy
1: shit. You're right.
0: That's the first time that ever happened. I guarantee
1: it. I can't imagine that it's anything other than the first time.
0: Because I was just to say Wayne Newton is is a a, a sort of henchman. <laughs> oh, he, that says it I all. Mean, about, yeah. That says it all in like, about License to Kill. He's a License sort of henchman in a sort of Bond movie called <laughs> License to Kill. <laughs> and he's wonderful. He's the one of the highlights of the movie, so yeah. I I he's would be great. Pr- not to, you know, not to do a disservice to Elliot Gould or Buck Henry. So, yeah, there you have it. Naked Wayne gun, Newton. It is forty-four Magnum and a quarter pi Magnum off.
1: Magnum pi. Is that How what you said?
0: Magnum pi off. <laughs> Magnum pi ss off. Um, great. Well, I, I like a lot about that. I like the. I like the fact that you the dirty dirty Harry's right in the pocket of the kind of movie that that. That the Zucker's would be able to parody perfectly. So, agreed. Uh, okay. Well, um, I as you say, you know, there's normally a three year gap between these movies, but I'm I'm you putting the time machine to full. All effect. right. Go ahead. Uh, and I've actually I've actually come up with a projected time in which I want this movie to be released. All Which right, is uh, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Anywhere in there is fine. All right, um, go on. Because I want, <laughs> I want the, I want the title and some of the, uh, on-screen references to still be in the zeitgeist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we <laughs> we're like we we're, we're too we're exactly too far away from them now for them to work in 2009 2010 it's just going to it's it's going to hit better okay heard so the name of my movie is naked gun 4.0 of colon, course. <laughs> the future is later i like it okay so our cold open is a pastiche of a paramount property. It's the Indiana Jones cycle. Hey. We can play with imagery of the entire trilogy, plus Crystal Skull, which has just come out. Hoofa. and But one thing I want to... So I'm thinking it's like... Um, It's Indy going in Alexandria, you know, going through the series of challenges to the Holy Grail, Mm -hmm. like roughly. It doesn't have to be the same, but, you know, using that imagery. But I want them to do the Raiders thing of filming him from the back where you don't see his face. Do you see the silver hair? No, because at one point I (laughs) want him to turn turn around and you think it's going to be Leslie Nielsen, but it is actually Harrison Ford. Who turns around (laughs) as Indiana Jones, fresh off Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. As we pointed out in our Harry Potter series, apparently it's a loose enough set that John Hurt can just walk away (laughs) in his costume with his with his hair and makeup and go and do another movie. So I'm taking full advantage of that. All right. So it's Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones. And about halfway through the Holy Grail Challenge. Suddenly we hear Junior and Leslie Nielsen's playing his dad. (laughs) That's great. So we don't know what this is about yet or how it relates to anything. But when they get to the, you know, they do all the challenges and then they get to the Holy Grail and it's a desktop computer. With a password encryption. One, two, three, four. They have to figure out. So and and we crossfade into Frank Drebin's home. He's a retired man in his whatever age Leslie Nielsen was at that time. I don't know if he died yet, but it doesn't matter because we have a time machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and his son, played by Harrison in Ford. <laughs> oh my gosh! Saying saying, Dad, this is how you know. This is how you remember your password. And he'd fallen asleep <laughs> in the middle of Harrison Ford telling him that, uh, uh how to figure his password. And, um, he's like, why do you fall asleep whenever I try to explain this to you? And he's like, I, I, I said, you know, I need my nap in the afternoons. Ooh. And then Jane for your it. reference
1: died in 2010,
0: but we got the time machine. Perfect. he made the movie. He's got one more in him. Yeah. So let's say this came out in 2009. Great. Uh, um, and then Priscilla Presley's Jane r- runs in and says Francis Ford Drebin referring of course to Harrison Ford <laughs> so you know not to interrupt your father in the middle of his afternoon nap, Harrison Ford who still lives at home at age what like 60 whatever yeah, he is <laughs> right. storms into his room, he closes his door, there's a sign on the door that says shoot first, ask questions later he dives into his Star Wars bedspread. And, like, and uh, Frank turns to Jane and says, we really should have saved for his college. <laughs> and then Frank, he says, okay, Frank, get back to your nap. And he falls back asleep and goes back into the Indiana Jones dream. This time it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's about to take the um, the head from the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark and exchange it for something. But it's coffee beans. And he wakes up and says, I gotta go and get, I gotta go and pick up the beans before the roasters close, closes. Because hmm. remember, he said in Naked Gun 33 and a 30, he grinds his own beans. Yeah, he does. So he says, "The whole, he said, the wholesaler's closes in 30 minutes. It, no, Jane says that. He says, the wholesaler closes in 30 minutes. And Jane, he says, I'll be there in 10. Pulp Fiction reference, the wolf driving. Wolf. But that leads into the opening sequence, which marries the car gags and the siren opening sequence, because he puts a siren on his car so he nice. can get through the traffic. So that what we're seeing is basically him driving, trying yeah. to use his GPS, lots of background gags, but it's, you, you're basically matching those two sequences, so you do them all at once. He, his GPS isn't working, so or he can't get it to work, so he goes to the wrong address, and he ends up going to a Colombian cartel drug deal that he thinks is a coffee wholesaler's. <laughs> Which just... And the place he's looking for just happens to be called the Colombian Connection. 100% good stuff. And so when he walks in and saying, is this the Colombian Connection? It's like, yeah, step right. He said, yeah, this is the place. It's like... Uh, um, and, uh, you know, we, we have all the jokes about, hey, we've got some, you want to have a sample? We've got some ready to go here. And it's like, oh, I can't have too much of it or I'll keep me up all night. And so, you know, the lots right. of double meanings. Yeah. Coffee and cocaine, basically. Um, and at one point he says, like, I got to get out of here and head to the pharmacy. And it's like, well, you got a working pharmacy here. What do you need? And he pulls out his CVS coupons. His CBS receipt. <laughs> and his police badge goes like flies across the room. They see he's a cup. Um, he they machine gun him down. Frank's dead. <gasps> Minutes into the movie, Frank's dead. So we're at his funeral. How dare you. We're at we're at his funeral. Uh, Ed's there, Jane's there, Francis Ford Drebin, played by Harrison Ford, is there. <laughs> Um, We we start a running gag, which will pay off at the end of the movie, where Norberg isn't there, Um, and uh, Jane says to Ed, where's Norberg? You know, I didn't think he'd miss this. He goes, oh, Norberg, he would love to be here, but let me tell you, but before you get a chance, the priest screams, who graffitied loser on the... (laughs) <laughs> on the deceased casket. And there's Francis Ford Raven with like a can of spray paint in the background. And he points and goes, it wasn't me, it was the one-armed man. And and then they, we, we cut away to the priest who has one arm and he's like, don't talk. He said, that's the guy giving the service. And he runs away and it cuts the footage of the fugitive where he, he runs over a hill, he disappears and we see him like as... 1993 fugitive falling down a waterfall. <laughs> anyway, so basically, the cybernetics department of police squad run by Ted, of course, mm-hmm. um, has uh, says you know we can rebuild him. We can we can Robocop him. We can turn him into a, a Robocop. But it, it said, but it's it's a special. We can we can a Robo retired cop. So he'll do everything that a re- a retired cop did. <laughs> We're so, you know, we get a montage of him trying to back out of a driveway, like drinking whiskey at a bar, coming into the coming into the office saying, I've got a hunch about an unsolved case. Uh, you know, that that sort of thing. Um but it's so, you know, everyone's happy with this arrangement we've got, you know, Robo Robo Frank the retired cop. Um but the extra layer of this is that he's being controlled robotically by none other than Ricardo Montalban, who survived oh. the flattening and has used cybernet the same cybernetics he used to make everyone robots assassins has kind of kept him alive. Except he's completely one-dimensional now. So they'll need to get that that goodwill they built with George Lucas when they asked for permission for the... Um, Star Wars clips. They're going to have to go back to that because we're going to need good special effects. because It's going to be Ricardo Maltabon as basically a piece of paper. Right. Okay. And we also have uh, now Pap Smear is uh, is there. He's been restored from his plane explosion and it's now half him, half Fred Ward and a toilet in between them. (laughs) And so he's being controlled. What's happening is, is... President Obama is brokering a peace deal in the Middle East, and so is, <laughs> and so the two representatives of of, um, of either side uh, are coming to Washington. By the way, this is all taking place in Washington. We've gone back to Washington again for no reason. Mm-hmm. They all now live in Washington, and um, Frank is going to be there providing security you know, a demonstration of the new RoboCop technology. But Ricardo Montalban has a plan to use Frank as an assassin to kill both sides of the peace peace agreement to take out both leaders and Obama. Oh, no. You know, yeah. Um, And so he's going to be controlled robotically. So anyway, um, he gets there, he he starts to raise his gun. Um, He gets the, you know calling back to the first movie, he gets the robotic call on the watch, on the digital watch. From Ricardo Maltabon. And Jane, who is also there, tries to talk him out of it in a reversal of the end of the first movie when he talked her out of being a robot assassin. Except this time, Ricardo Maltabon's, you know, saying, I gotta, you know, it's like, I figured that out and there's a workaround. I can block any emotions. Um... So that doesn't work and he's still going for it but then Francis Ford Drebin turns up and says dad I enrolled in police academy I enrolled in a police academy I'm on a fast track to becoming a retired cop. It's like they're just going to take me straight to will be a retired cop in 2 weeks and that's what breaks him down emotionally. Um and so he doesn't ki- <laughs> you know he's a hero. he doesn't kill any of the members of the Middle East peace deal. He goes to the cybernetics company, which is, of course, in the top, a la Robocop at the top floor right. of Skyscraper. And he goes and confronts Ricardo Maltaban. And Ronnie Cox? No, Ronnie Cox won't be there, no. It uh, won't be that direct. And um, he's, he's, you know, he's like, I can, you know, he's, a, he, he's basically there to kill, to throw Ricardo Maltaban out of the window. But of course, rather than killing him a la Robocop, all he... Uh, It turns out that we've established earlier in the movie, Ricardo Maltabon needs, um, if the window is open, he needs to be held down by paperweights because he's essentially (laughs) a piece of paper. So Frank just removes the paperweight. He goes flying out of the window. Unfortunately, he doesn't die. He just lands, and he's like, aha! Because he flies, because he's made of paper. He turns into a paper airplane. Oh, I understand. And he looks (laughs) of course. He looks around... And he ends ends up in he's he landed in the zoo in the lion pit, and lions just kind of come on him. So a call back to um, what happened number in number two, a gun, yeah, and a two and a half. Uh, and then it was someone from the from the cybernetics board says, you know, what's your name? He's like Drebin. and then he screws <laughs> his head, he screws his machine head, a la The end of Robocop two with a tightens his head with a screwdriver. It sends him crazy. He, fl- he flies out of the window and as he, he's falling he's falling down we cut to the bottom of the build the bottom of the cybernetics building where the first ever successful recipient of a brain transplant is being wheeled out and it's like okay mr norberg <laughs> 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 so o j simpson is norberg and suddenly you know he's speaking like patrick stewart so saying, thank you, my good man. <laughs> May I, might I, might I impose on you for, um, <laughs> might I impose on you for a, um, a sample of your Franklin Mint to speed my carriage of not horse drawn? And it's like, <laughs> uh, you mean cab fare? Yeah, cab fare. <laughs> and the press turn up suddenly, and it's like, yeah, I'm so sorry. I tried to get you get out of here, but you know, it's. Um, it's like they want to see the first recipient successful recipient of a brain transplant and then oj simpson looking at preening in front of the camera says well if the glove fits <laughs> and uh but of course you know as soon as he poses for the camera Ooh, frank robo frank falls down he looks up and you know going back to original norberg his eyes widen and he goes frank smacks crushed it, and then frank Drebin gets up and uh, you, um the press are all taking photos of him and is and you know he leans in and says that's right frank drebin police squad nice to correct and that's the end of the movie
1: oh that's i like i that's a good
0: movie yeah i like so that so it's you know i'm playing with robocop and playing yeah. with uh indiana jones um while also grafting that onto the conventions of the franchise Heard. Yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you decide
1: what you like. Do you want a RoboCop Frank Drebin in the world of Indiana Jones? Or would you like a... Uh, running-scared Frank Drebin in the world of Nancy Pelosi?
0: <laughs> well, when
1: you put it like well, that. <laughs> along with Dirty Harry.
0: <laughs> I also... I mean, one of the reasons just to go back to Harrison Ford one of the one of the reasons that i wanted to put such a big big star in there who was also yeah. in his own way old is that i wanted to bring in the fact that they have a kid but it seemed like this is the only way that wouldn't be shit <laughs> the only way it wouldn't right. ruin the movie is if it really just has to be an elderly Harrison Ford <laughs> that's funny actually i mean yeah otherwise it's like it's Alexander from the next generation you know a kid that no one likes no one wants (laughs) and is annoying every time you see him I should take your kid and have that be my kid yeah I think it's the part the the part he was born to play absolutely the son of Leslie Nielsen in in the fourth Naked Gun movie alright ladies and gentlemen I mean that as a
1: compliment uh, absolutely you let us know what you like. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram or Twitter. Send us an email to everythingsequel at gmail.com. For Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions, I am Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. Say goodbye, Tom. I used to be white. <laughs> That's a perfect ending. So long, everybody.
0: They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sheriffs guiding you up a foamy headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer. If
1: you like podcasts like I do, boy, do I have a treat for you. You need to stay on target and check out the Sounds and Cinema podcast. Listen as your host, sound designer and music creator Tony Parham, and co host, musical performer and sound lover Derek Hansen D Rock if You're Nasty, and I Am, discuss all things sound related to film, television, stage, and theatrical productions. They discuss environmental sounds, bioacoustics, dialogue, the nature of communication through sound, but as an added bonus, they drink beer and try to... Stay on target. Find them wherever you get your podcasts and listen to the pure mania of a man who can charitably be described as Doug, the dog from Up, and another man with a soothing and sultry voice trying to get that man to... Stay on target. That's the Sounds in Cinema podcast. Tune in and listen to the sounds they are creating just for you.